Welcome to another episode of Soul Feeling, where you get your soul fed. I'm Tiffany. I'm Jasmine. And I'm Kobe. And today we have a very special guest with us, Ashley Williams. Hey, Ashley, how are you doing today? Doing great. I'm so glad to be here with you ladies. Yes. So Ashley is a business strategist and she's going to help us all out to make sure our businesses are on point today. So y'all getting some free game because she's a whole businesswoman out here, serial entrepreneur and just a lovely person overall. We're just so excited to have you here. But before we get started, we have a segment that we call What Filled Your Soul This Week? So ladies, think about something that happened this week that really spoke to your soul and was like, I need to share this with our soulmates. Um, so yes, I have two things, two things that, um, that just really stood out. So the first thing was um, the Cicely Tyson, her her transitioning over to 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 heaven, and um, it just really like just thinking about how much impact she made on the world and just how she was so intentional about everything that she did, the movies that she she were uh, was casted for, even if she wasn't necessarily casted for something that that we would seem as glorious, she would still make it her own and make it have that 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 positive impact that positive spin of some way dropping some wisdom and so it just made me think about you know what type of legacy are we leaving behind um even if we have to do things that's not necessarily what we want to do are we still doing it with grace doing it with elegance doing it to our best ability and um just truly giving it our all and putting our own positive spin on it whether you're cleaning floors or toilets like there's still a way you can put a positive impact on on life and um that was that was the first one and and even I thought it was very interesting how she she just released her book, and and she was supposed to be on the Breakfast Club to and they were going to interview her on her, I mean for her book on Tuesday the day our podcast released. I'm just like wow wow that that's that just blew me, and then, um so so much love rest in peace rest in power Cicely Tom uh, Tyson and thank you for your service. And then the last thing I wanted to say is how powerful us as a collective, and I can't even say America, like us, when the, when the masses come together, we have power. And the reason why I'm saying that is everybody I'm sure have heard the, the um, headlines about the Reddit and the, the stock talk tweeters that has made the whole stock market and um, Wall Street just turn upside down. And I was supposed to be a part of that, but because I've been in trades a very, very long time before all of the Reddit hype and the stock talk hype have came about. And I just been hearing people say, you know, buy AMC, buy GameStop. And I'm like, y'all, these companies have not been in <laughs> popping forever. And so I wasn't, I didn't have my ear to the streets like I should have at that time, but I just thought how beautiful it was just to see people how, how much influence when we come together on us on a social media site and if everyone is in sync how we can truly make change and like change like people wouldn't have dared imagine it to be so our collectiveness coming together for one goal whether it is stocks or not it, how just how powerful we are when we do unify 
So those are my two, two uh, gems for the week. <laughs> those are so huge. Cicely Tyson is definitely just amazing. When I heard, I was like, when I was driving home the other day, and it was KG Smooth on 102.1, and he was like sounding so sad. He was like, yes, we just lost someone today. And I was like, who? Like, and then it says Cicely Tyson. And I'm like, wow. But it was more so of like, um, you know, the job well done of like, she lived her fullest life and she left so much here. It's almost like, it just almost seemed like a, a good transition into, into like, you've done all you could do, right? And such a beautiful life, such a long life, such an abundance life, such an impactful life. And so it was, um, I know it's like sad, but it's also like now she's in paradise, but she also lived a life that was so beautiful. And, and that's what makes me happy. And I love that she has a book coming out, you know, like, okay, Lee with a bang. Okay, like y'all go, y'all go ahead and do y'all research. Y'all know about me. I'm yes. out. <laughs> I definitely added that book to my to read list. <laughs> yes. Um, but in the collective thing, yes, I totally agree with that. Mine this week, um, to, like this week I was feeling really not myself. Like I was crying <laughs> every single day, three times a day, but it was all, I knew it was all in my mind because, you know, you know, sometimes our thoughts just get the best of us, you know, with having so much on your plate and you're just trying to make sure that you also are living a life of purpose, it could get overwhelming if you feel like you don't have the time to do that. But, um, I saw a green eye soul again. I came across her post um, the other day and it said, I think I just read the first sentence and she said, one thing, one thing about me, I'm not scared of doing the work. And I was just like, mm, like, okay, like you better drop that heat. Like in that, that's, and though I like work a lot, um, it's like, there's this thing people say, it's like, don't uh try not to so much always work in your business but work on your business um and so i've been doing a lot of in like working in my business and it's very tiring um and sometimes we put off those things like those very important important tasks that we need to get done instead of like these like these minuscule like these smaller tasks that it's just like over and over again, really, like we say a lot we could uh, create a system and then those little tasks would be easier but anyways, I think it was just, I don't know why when she said it, it clicked because we talk about it all the time, like believe in yourself, do the work, you know, and things of that nature. But it was just such a mindset shift of, I was going from constantly worrying about getting things done or making sure I keep people happy and all these things to like, if I do the work, everything's gonna be fine and God got me at the end. It's just like, it was just such a switch of my mindset went from worry, worry, worry to I got this. And I just, last night I just, all night I was doing work and I fell asleep when I fell asleep and woke up this morning to So Fluent Podcast. So, I mean, I want to say this to our soulmates because they're like, Tiff, like you talk, we talk about this all the time. Believe in yourself, do the work. But we when we say our affirmations and things of that nature like we say sometimes you have to say it over and over and over and keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it until it clicks because it's not easy all the time 
And I just wanted to expound on that because I love how you said, we talk about this all the time and you, it wasn't until you went to Green Eyes Go Soul and heard us. And I think that's the power in, in our power as a people. Like it's, you never hear positive words and uplifting words too many times. You can never say it too many times because it's always, always gonna be relevant as we move in the stages of our life. Like maybe you might not need it today, but God knew like two months from now or a, a, a week from now that you gonna need this. So like, it's always beautiful when God's time is so just and that just goes to show like if you feel something on your heart share it because you never know who's going through something at that particular time where they need to hear that so true actually kobe did anything come to mind yes so when you asked the question about like what filled your soul this week the first thing that popped into my head was watching my four-year-old son play soccer yesterday and um he's just getting started but he's not quite understanding that you cannot hold the ball so he'll start kicking it and it'll go in the direction he doesn't want it to go so he'll just pick it up and put it where he wants and then kick it in the goal and it just like filled my soul because I mean sure I know a lot of people see me as a businesswoman and you know boss lady or whatever but I mean what I love more than anything is being a mom and that's always been the case um even when I was in New York City I worked on Wall Street right out right out of college and all my colleagues there were you know their their mindsets were very different than mine I'm like I'm excited about getting married and having kids and they're like what you know we're 20 23 24 and um and it's just always been something that's been so important to me. I, I saw my mom, you know, was such a big part of my life and so involved. So um, I've waited my whole life literally to watch my kids play sports. <laughs> so it was just like, I was the only parent out there. It's at their school. It's not even an official league, but I was all in it, taking videos. Like, um, and so that just really just made my whole week um, watching him learn soccer and, He's just the cutest, so it was fun. Your kids are the cutest, and I love that. Family definitely always fills the soul. Yeah. Kobe, how about you? Girl, yeah, so this week was the passing, the anniversary of um, Kobe passing, and I heard um, a clip from Ed Milet. He's an entrepreneur, and he was talking about he saw Kobe six days before he passed away. And he had a question of, you know, if somebody had told him, hey, Kobe, you're going to pass away in six days, you're going to pass away in five days, you're going to pass away in four days, you know, would he believe them? And how would he, you know, react to that? So with that being said, time matters. Just live your life to the fullest because you just never know how long you're going to be on, on this earth and how much time you have left. Girl, that's so good. You're going to make me cry on here. I'm going to cry. <laughs> Ashley, so, just so you know, <laughs> if, don't get alarmed when you, when you hear that I cried all week. It's, sometimes it's tears of joy. <laughs> but um, <laughs> a lot of pregnancy hormones right now. So I'm <laughs> crying at random commercials. Just, so I'm with you. <laughs> yes. But that is so beautiful because I feel like that corresponds with what Ashley was, was like saying. In my, in my mind, this is how it came together. It's just like, the fact that she is cherishing like her son playing soccer and I love that she pointed out like she loves being a mom and a, and a wife and those things are those are the things that are really really important I know that we're going and talking about business but at the end of the day 
you know, if we fill our, our, our days with more things that fill our soul, our family, the things that truly matter, um, when we do exit this lifetime, we could say like, we spent it well. And um, that's just, yeah, you're right. We need to focus on where we put our time and where we put our mind. Mm, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, so let's get into this business though, okay? Because we try to <laughs> grow businesses so we can have this money, <laughs> make an impact, and then yeah. also have more time to spend with our loved ones. Um, yes. And so, Ashley, can you describe what a business strategist is and tell us a little bit more about your company, Bird Williams? Yes, absolutely. So a business strategist is different from a business coach or a business consultant. So I actually rebranded and I'm no longer Bird Williams Consulting. I'm just Bird Williams and I'm a business strategist because I found that a consultant goes into a business and actually implements the change that they're suggesting. Um, and a coach is more so high level, you know, encouraging you to reach your goals and on and on. Whereas a strategist is helping you to actually develop strategies in your business based on the different pain points you have, goals you're trying to reach, and they kind of give you the game plan and then you go and implement it um, yourself, of course, with their guidance, but it's not like I'm going into your business and building a website or going into your business and like, you know, working with your team to fix your issue of turnover, for example. Um, so I, I think that that's where I'm best aligned and where I'm able to really help more people. So that's what I do with Bird Williams. I launched it back in 2019 really out of just a desire to be able to do more of it. I had friends and family always coming to me wanting help on how to start a business, you know, and I loved it. So I was just always helping people. And it got to a point where there were so many people that my husband told me, you got to make this a real thing. So there's structure around it because, you know, I was up late at night, you know, doing stuff. And he said, you got to start making, you know, money on this and structure around it. So um, I launched it in, in November of 2019 and it just took off uh, much faster than I thought it would. And then COVID hit. And so that kind of shaped everything. It did, it did, it did slow down a bit, but um, it just started to kind of look different. And I was also learning my, my skill set and what people really needed. Because a lot of times you find as a strategist, people think they need something, but they really need something else. Mm -hmm. And so I started to develop um, my signature program, which is called Prove It Plan. It's a business plan development process. And it's basically <laughs> so many people just skip having a business plan, skip having a roadmap or a blueprint. And they're just trying to build a house with no blueprint. You know, and it's that's really their problem. They haven't answered really hard questions about their business. They're, most entrepreneurs are focused on marketing because that's what's fun and sexy and exciting. I want a logo and my social media handle and, you know, and it's like, but what about your, have you done your financial projections? Crickets, you know, do you really know your purpose and mission and core values? Well, then how are you going to know how to run your business or what, what's at the core and at the center? They don't know. And then when things happen like 2020 with COVID and having to adapt your business or even the conversations we had around racial injustice, it's like, well, do I speak up? Do I not? You know, well, what are your core values? If one of your core values is community and you're not speaking up on this, how does that, that doesn't align? So yeah, so my program kind of walks you through the four pillars of your business, which, you know, I'm happy to talk about today, your foundation, which is super key. It's where you start. 
then your financial, which is how you make the numbers make sense. Everyone wants to skip it because it's overwhelming and intimidating for a lot of people, but I have spreadsheets that make it super easy. Um, it's important to know your numbers. It takes what's a side hustle or a hobby and makes it like a viable real business, right? And it answers so many questions. So many of the questions people book strategy sessions with me for, they would have the answers to if they just like forecasted their revenue and expenses and looked at the bottom line, you know, <laughs> when can I leave my job or when can I pay myself or, you know, do I need investors or, you know, it's like just do the numbers and it'll tell you. Um, so that's the second pillar and then operations. So you talked about having more time and we talked about systems. Operations is all about how do you scale your business? And I cannot tell you how hard it is <laughs> to get people's mind wrapped around the fact that yes, you're a solopreneur right now, but in order to grow your business, you're gonna have to grow your team. Even if that's just hiring a virtual assistant for five hours a week in the beginning, but you can't do it all forever. And if you don't have that mindset the, from the start, you're gonna make limited decisions as well. So you have to start from the beginning thinking about what can I automate? What can I systemize? What will my team look like as I grow? What can I eventually outsource so that I can focus on my core competency in my business? Because you shouldn't be doing emails or bookkeeping for forever, right? If you're a photographer, you need to be focusing on just photography, right? So that's what we talk about in operations. And then um, the last one, which I intentionally leave to the end is marketing. <laughs> and that's where we really hone in on who your ideal customer is. Because a lot of folks are just randomly posting on social media. They're only using social media as their marketing, which is a, a big no-no because there's so many other ways to think about marketing. Um, and, and they're just talking to, they're just you know having messages that kind of come out of thin air as opposed to thinking about who is the specific person who is perfectly positioned to buy my product or service? And what words do they need to hear to connect the fact that I am the solution to their problem, right? And, and so we talk through what that looks like and, and then develop marketing strategies from there. So anyway, that's kind of the signature program that came out of 2020 um, um, and all the changes that I kind of um, experienced, but I've been able to serve so many entrepreneurs and it is, it is my joy. I love it so much. Um, and it's a lot because <laughs> we, this is one business. I also have a gym business here in Houston called the league. It's seven years old. I run it with my husband, Terry. Um, and there's been so many ups and downs with it through COVID. I'm so grateful that we're still here and we're still going strong. Um, and we have a lot of stuff going on. We're, we're really involved in our church, but, um, that's kind of where I am with all the things. <laughs> Woo. Uh, I feel like she was reading us, ladies. Do y'all feel the same? Because <laughs> girl, <laughs> girl, girl, I feel definitely us. my life, especially yes. when it comes to one thing that stood out was when um, because this was something that we struggled with for a while. If I could just be transparent, was the um the target audience when we first started. We could not pick a, a target market. It was like, we want to serve all. Like, what do you mean? We don't want to single anybody out or discount them. But now growing and through the through the trial and error, we we've learned that, you know, to pinpoint on a specific marketing group, 
Yeah. And what really stuck out for me and what's so hard for me is hiring other people because it's just like, do they love this business as much as me? <laughs> like, um, are they going to do the work, you know? Um, and so that's something that also really has been on my heart as well. And you just really, really um, solidified that. And Jasmine has been talking about this for a while as well. So it's all coming together. <laughs> yeah, I brought that up because this week, for whatever reason, in strategy sessions, mul like multiple times, it's been trying to get an entrepreneur's mind around the fact that they cannot do it all themselves. You know? And that's everything from a client of mine who has 47,000 followers on Instagram to someone just starting out. It's just like, you can't do it all yourself. You're gonna have to like release, right? And I remember when we launched the gym, the league, um, Terry, he worked all the shifts, you know, as an instructor and I worked the front desk for every single shift. It was just us. But it got to a point where I'm at the front desk checking clients in on one computer. And then there's another computer where I'm doing our bookkeeping or doing something working on the business and in the business at the same time. And it was just a mess, right? I wasn't able to really serve people because they're coming in and I'm thinking about the numbers in the back of my head and I'm probably making mistakes with the bookkeeping, right? And I had right. a, that I'm, I'm a kind of, at the time I was a really bad control freak. I've like released a lot of that. Um, but I still, you know, struggle with it a little bit, but I, I didn't want to give it all away to anybody. I couldn't trust anybody would do it the right way and on and on. But what does that, what does that mean then? No growth, stagnancy, limiting ourselves. We launched our second location a year and like a year after we, um, you know, launched our business. There's no way I could have, we could have done that if I was still trying to do all the shifts. Clearly I need two places at once. <laughs> So God knew that I needed to have that experience early on. And thankfully I, I surrendered to it and began to hire people on. And to your point, you're like, how are the, how do I know they're going to run the business and care about it as much as you know I do or, or do their role or their task well? Well, that's where it comes into having those foundational elements clarified, your purpose, mission, vision, and core values, right? You don't just list it out as like a checkbox. It's something that's not just on your website, maybe. It's in your business plan. It's discussed among you, but also as you hire people on, you're like, look, this is what we're all about. And instead of just asking questions like, tell me about yourself and, you know, tell me about a time that you, hard <laughs> situation, you know, you're asking them questions to understand if they really align with your purpose, mission, vision, core values, because if they do, and if they're all about your business, then they're going to crush it, Right. One of our first hires was a, a young lady who, who came to the gym and loved it. She just came with like a friend and she was like, I love this so much. I will work for free as an intern to just be able to coach. She was from Chicago and I just want to be able to coach. And so like, that's like the perfect kind of person, right? I don't have to convince them of it. It's like, she's bought in already. She loved what we're doing. And so she was amazing. And she was with us for years until she moved back. So, so it's really in that hiring process, which I'll admit it's hard you know, the people part is the hardest part, but it's also the most important part, right? Because they're the hands and feet of your business. But if you do that right, then, then people will own their role and will, you know, treat it like you would treat it in a way, maybe not to the exact, the same extent, but you want to give them that autonomy. You want to release that control and, and let them, uh, let them really own their lanes, right? Yeah. My question is this. So do you think that it's important to hire someone, um, Cause you were saying, so you were saying someone with 49,000 followers to someone who's just starting out, 
how like how soon do should people look for a virtual assistant or um you know whatever they need to you know because they're like okay i'm not making any money how am i supposed to pay this person you know um so i just wanted to know your thoughts on that like when do you when like is the is there such thing as hiring too soon yes so that's a great question and that's a real question your answer from that will come from doing the numbers right so Mm -hmm. doing financial projection where you say okay if you're whether you're already in business and you have historical financials to be able to see okay we bring in about this much this much every month or if you if you don't if you don't have any idea like we didn't when we launched the gym we were just making educated guess like a projection of what we thought we could bring in based on our different revenue streams right and so we would look at that and then we would look at our expenses and we'd say okay when does when do we become profitable you know when can we start paying ourselves an amount of money we need to pay ourselves to make it you know and on and on and so you'll be able to see numbers wise when it makes sense to hire someone you certainly shouldn't hire someone um you know just out of the gate when you can't afford to pay them of course um and i'll be honest so with the league my first business i made the mistake of hiring too late like i just explained so then when I launched Bird Williams, I was like, day one, literally day one, <laughs> I hired um, a, a virtual assistant. She was in California. But even though I could afford her, it was because there was much less overhead with an online service-based business as opposed to a, a brick and mortar with you know a gym with equipment and all that and rent and everything. Um, even though I could afford her, I didn't have my systems together. I didn't have, I didn't even, I was figuring so much out in the beginning that it was, it was, it just ended, it ended up not working. So I could see hiring too soon if you don't really have that structure really built out. Right. So it kind of just depends. Like, you know, at the end of the day, when it gets to the point where you aren't able to focus on the areas that need you most and your business is outgrowing itself, that's when it's like, okay, it's time to time to hire onto the team, right? That's good. Okay. So that, that was something I've always struggled. Like, I think we as a soul feeling, and then also like with my own businesses is like, I know I need help because I'm sad. <laughs> and then um, it's overwhelming and you don't feel like you're being successful and that can kind of bear on your heart as well. And so I always wonder like, well, when, when do, when do I deserve to hire someone, I guess is the question. But now that you said like, have your systems in place first, so you can, yeah, yeah. So you can like throw them into the system and teach them that and then see where your money is. Like, that's such a good one. <laughs> I'm, I'm with Tiff on that. Well, as far, well, so for me, I'm, I'm like the queen of outsource. Like I will outsource in a heartbeat. Like I don't want control. I will be running my business from the, you won't even know. Like, and so with one of my personal businesses, like right now, I personally, I knew that I needed to, to outsource from the jump for the startup to even create the systems. So I think, but, but personally, that's because I did have money saved that I could put toward that and so I think it's it's all about just kind of knowing your personality now if I had a, a brain like Tiff and where I could create I was more in the creative space where I could you know have that part and and get it afloat and then I, um, outsource then I would say go for it but if 
you like me and I'm more like just techie. I'm more data. I'm not the create most creative person. I'm like, uh, I need somebody that has some, some skill in this area to come and, you know, put their input. And so mainly I didn't hire an um, employee yet. I just contracted, contracted with different people that are doing the, th- the they, they actually specialize in this area. And so I'll, I'll outsource in a heartbeat, thank you for that job. Okay, on to the next person that can build a website. Okay, on to the next person that can, you know, just get those systems in places, even business plans. Like I'll write the rough draft and give it to you. You make it pretty. <laughs> like, and so that that's really what I'm all about. Like outsource, outsource, outsource. But I find that when one one thing that you said when um was looking at that financial plan because that financial plan, it don't lie. The numbers don't lie. And most times when we get businesses, we're thinking from the emotional, like, oh, I want to, I think this is, will be amazing. But when you're looking at those financial plans, looking at those numbers, the numbers don't have any emotions. It's just like, this is what it is. And so that's one of those things that I've been really just spending more time with and and focusing more on because that's that's one of my main things that I I really really love to to really focus on because the numbers the data things of that nature like you can't go around that and so could you talk a little bit about data and how data can can come into play when you are um I guess whenever you are starting a business or whenever you get to a point in a business to know like when maybe this should be a better time to outsource or not yeah I love that you brought up that it's different for different hires and different businesses and it depends on the resources you have too I just want to say for example like if you're hiring a graphic designer right that's something you can hire from the beginning they don't need to know your systems and processes you don't need to have all that stuff together you just need someone who's going to be able to bring to life what's in your mind or what you want to do So um, the example I gave earlier was more for someone who's like in your business and really, um, you know, helping, helping move things forward. But in terms of data, so we talked about your financial projections and all that is simply is saying, what are the ways I make money? You know, it might be, well, I have my main products or services, but I also do retail. I also do speaking engagements, whatever it might be, all of those different things each of them have a line item. Maybe you grow them at a certain percentage um, growth rate over like month over month, or maybe you don't, maybe some of those just happen quarterly. It depends on the business, you know, um, and your business model. And then you're going to also look at your expenses and you're going to look at not just, you know, the big ones, which most people do like rent, payroll, but also credit card processing fees, taxes. A lot of people don't take out money for taxes. You want this budget or this projection to be as conservative as possible, meaning as, you know, you'd rather overshoot it than not. So you don't want to leave out expenses that are real, right? And you'll be able to look at that bottom line and kind of see where things are. Outside of financial projections, there are metrics that you would track, right? So in my business, you know, I have a podcast, um, you know, my website, I have social media um, and, and, and email marketing as well. So every single week, my digital marketing assistant actually manages all this. So she goes into all the different sites and puts the new numbers in. And then she presents on Monday morning in our meeting, hey, this is where these did, this email did really well compared to other emails, you know? And let's talk about why, because you don't want to just be randomly doing stuff in your business. Back to your first question on what is strategy? It's being strategic, right? 
you know, if something's not working, I want to know. I don't want to just be doing stuff just to do it, right? Um, and so understanding the numbers behind what you're doing and, and, and regularly looking at those is super important. And that's going to obviously look different for each business. So you're going to want to find those key performance indicators that are important to your business and what you need to track over time. That's really good. Um, my question is, what? how do you know what, what to track? So it's like, is it important to track? Because uh, a lot of times people say like um, social media following, that's basically just a vain goal, like a vain goal. And I could also see how it can make you money as well. And so it's just like, how does a business know what to, to, to track, if that makes sense? Yeah, it's really going to depend on your business model, you know? Um, so for example, for, for you or me, for me, you know, my social media following the number of followers doesn't matter that much to me because I already know that on social media, only 10% of the people um, who follow you actually see your posts. So social media is like the icing on the cake. It's not the bulk of my marketing strategy. My marketing strategy, the machine behind it is really my podcast. Um, it's where I get all of my content from each week you know, based on what that episode is about, that's what I will send the email about. Email marketing is so much bigger. So 10% of your followers see your posts. Um, with, with email, it's more like 17% open rate when you send emails. So it's, it's still like you like, wow, only 17% of people typically open your emails. Yeah, but it's better than social media and you can control it because social media you know, unless you pay to play, again, people aren't seeing it. Whereas if you're seeing an email, you can decide when, when it hits in their inbox and on and on. Um, and, um, and so th those, that's more important to me, but like, let's say you're an influencer, right? And your, your ideal client or one of them at least might be brands. So then that's going to be a whole different story. It does matter your, your social media following, because literally how much you're getting paid is based on that number, right? So for most of us, we don't need to, you know, look or care about the number of followers we have. Um, it's more about the engagement, who's liking, commenting, sharing, saving your posts, right? Um, and that's also important for influencers, but it's gonna, you know, so I'm, I say all that to say, it really just depends on the specific business model to know what you're trying to track, but you have to think about it in terms of, you know, who, who cares about the numbers at the end of the day, right? So can you run through the, the four, um, pillars again? Sure, absolutely. So, so whenever you're thinking about, you know, your business, I would say first, before we even get to the four pillars, think about like, you know, making sure that you understand this is a business you want to do. I did an episode on my podcast a few weeks ago, and I can't remember which number it is, but it's how to choose an entrepreneurial endeavor. And um, I was so surprised at the response from this episode. I didn't realize how many people in my audience were at this place. Like, I wanna be an entrepreneur or maybe I have a, some business ideas, but I don't know if it's the one. How do I know if it's the one? And I have journal prompts where I ask specific questions to help you figure out, you know, where you're supposed to be. So questions like, you know, what are your friends always asking you for help for? You know, what do you, what work do you find yourself so consumed with that hours have gone by and you look up and it's like, oh my goodness, I, I just love what I'm working on. You know, time is just flying by. But one of the more important questions was what struggle or sacrifice are you willing to tolerate? 
And I mean, that one was a big one because I think a lot of people have this idea of entrepreneurship as like super sexy. I'm free. I'm traveling the world. I'm on a jet. I got money. It's like, no, <laughs> you know, I was cleaning toilets and, you know, people throwing up at the gym and I'm like, Terry, you got to do it, you know, <laughs> like, um, so what struggle or sacrifice are you willing to tolerate? Because I shared this post recently, it was like, choose your heart. And y'all may have seen it kind of floating around on the internet. The idea is that, you know, working a nine to five is hard. Being an entrepreneur is hard. Choose your heart, right? Marriage is hard. Divorce is hard. Choose your heart. You know, being fit is hard and living an unhealthy lifestyle is hard. Choose your heart. So you have to kind of choose your heart when you're thinking about your entrepreneurial endeavor. It has to be something that is more than just passion because passion can be fleeting, right? Passion is like in a moment, you're passionate and excited about something, but when it's purpose, when it's bigger than you, that's when it's like, okay, I can stick with this regardless because this isn't just about me, right? Um, it, it isn't just about this feeling I have right now. It's it's about something that you know God has purposed me to do and it's much bigger than me. So start there because you know we can get into the pillars and all that, but if you're not, if you are not that connected to what you're trying to do, none, none of it's gonna work, right? And I'm talking about businesses being here beyond the first year or three years because it's nothing to start a business. Anybody can start a business, but will it be sustained? We launched the league, the league seven years ago, and there have been so many businesses that have come and gone, right? And so I'm trying to help entrepreneurs identify what do you need to know to, to, to really make it, right? Um, so that's the first step, really understanding why you're doing what you're doing and, if, and how meaningful it is to you. And then you get into kind of like developing a business plan. So first foundation, that's going to be, we talked about your foundational elements of purpose, mission, vision, core values. You're also going to really think about the problem you solve and how you solve it in a unique way. So a lot of people don't look at their business as a solution to a problem. And that's all a business is. I mean, so many businesses you might see on Shark Tank, it's like, well, my kid was doing this and I couldn't figure out how to fix it. I made this little gadget or, you know, it, it's a solution from a problem that you're experiencing or you see your friends experiencing, right? And the, the bigger the problem, the more of a market there is for your business. Um, so that's why it's important to identify. And then you want to make sure you're solving it in a unique way. When we launched the, the league, it's a gym. It's a warehouse gym. There were tons of warehouse gyms all around. So we weren't like, oh, we're just launching a gym because we really want to have a gym, guys. <laughs> you know, come to our gym. That, that, that's baseless. There's nothing to that. They, that doesn't distinguish us, right? Instead, it was my husband's work with pro athletes in the offseason. He realized I could train everyday people like athletes and they can see better results, right? So we created our own proprietary training format called pack training. And that's, you can only find it at the league that makes us unique. Right. Um, and, and even just the, the methodology around how we, how we do the workouts, the music we use, all of this, it's a part of, it's a solution to a problem. Instead of just going into a LA fitness or a 24 hour fitness and not really knowing what to do and going from machine to machine and like, ending up just taking selfies of yourself and like be on the phone, you know, it's like you are in a warehouse <laughs> with an instructor who's guiding you and telling you exactly what to do. And you are going to leave getting that work. Right. So that was our solution to a, a gap we saw in the market. So folks need to think about their businesses that way, as opposed to I'm launching an apparel brand or I'm, I'm going to be a photographer, right? Like what unique angle can you have? Um, and also just thinking about your team and thinking about the phases of your business. So again, I work with a lot of entrepreneurs 
especially creative entrepreneurs who come in and they're like, I want to do all the things. I want to have retreats in Fiji and, you know, audit, audit. I'm like, I love it. Like that's a part of the vision exercise we do, like dream big, right? But in order to get to the retreats in Fiji, you have to make some money, you know? So what are the phases of your business? How do you get there? What is your goal right now? Are you even profitable? You know, and on and on. Like, do you even have an audience? You know what I'm saying? So um, thinking about your business in phases is huge. Then in financial, I mean, there's so many things around even just protecting your business and understanding, you know, business entity formation. Are you like an LLC, for example? I'm sure many of people have heard LLC. That's one type of entity formation. There's also um, S-Corps, C-Corps. Um, and if you don't do anything at all, you're just either a sole proprietor or a partnership if you're in business with somebody else. And there are so many different tax implications around that. So understanding what that means for your business, understanding trademarking your brand. I'm hearing a lot lately about brands who are starting up and you know having copycats or having people trying to sell their stuff in, in China and like all kinds of stuff, right? So making sure you think about your intellectual property, patents, trademarks, uh, copywriting, all of that. Um, and also even insurance. These are things, again, that a lot of small businesses don't think about, but then it's important when it matters, right? So thinking about protecting your business. Um, and then, like I said, going through that exercise of um, really understanding your financials. Then um, in operations, like I said, it's, it's that um, automation and systems, right? So if there's anything you do repeated in your business, I shared recently, um, like strategy sessions. I offer strategy sessions, it's one hour, and I've been getting a lot more of them lately. And um, I had created a template for my consultation calls, but never for my strategy sessions. So every time I was sitting down to prepare for one, I was going through and kind of typing out this template and having to do it again and again. I was like, that's something I'm doing repeatedly in my business. I can literally just go into my notes, create a template that I can copy and paste. So anytime I have a new one, I mean, it gives you so much more time, headspace. I know that I'm covering all the you know, uh, points because it's already done, right? And now I just have to plug in their specific information. And now I can spend more of my time actually, you know, preparing for the call as opposed to trying to remember there was something else I wanted to, you know? So simple systems like that in your business. There's obviously a lot of technology like your POS system, or if you have like a client management system in your business that can help automate um, your processes. One that I'm using right now that I think I might be outgrowing is called Dubzato. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but um, on my website, if you go to my website and go to my strategy session page, there's a form. You fill out that form, there's like, you know, the, the, you put your information in, there's a contract and an invoice all right there. Once you click that, you automatically get an email to schedule. Once you click that, you know, you automatically, once you schedule it, you get automatically get the questionnaire to fill out to prepare for the call. All of that is automated. I don't have to know who, I don't have to remember who did or didn't get a contract or who has or hasn't paid, who did or didn't get a questionnaire. It's all automated. Now I will say, just because I'm in the middle of this and I'm, I'm very transparent too, um, I think I'm outgrowing Dubzato. It was, it's been amazing for like the first year of my business, but I'm just finding things that are it's a little bit like limiting for me now as I'm growing. So I'm not like, you know, do your research and there's a lot of, you know, different um, client management systems out there. 
But my goodness, it has saved me so much headspace, you know, and, and just time not having to worry about sending all the things to all the people. It's automated in my business. And my clients love it. So many clients are like, I want that. Like, I, I like that whole process, you know? And so um, just thinking about where you can automate. And then finally, marketing. Outside of the ideal client that we talked about, which is so important to identify who exactly you're talking to and who exactly you're trying to serve and understanding the words that you need to have on your website and your social media captions and on and on to attract them. Um, it's also just understanding that marketing isn't just promotion, right? So when people think marketing, they think website, social media, logos, branding, that's like one piece of it. I have an episode called the seven P's of marketing. I'm gonna try to remember them, but it's like your product, your price, your place, promotion. That's the one that everyone thinks of. Um, there's packaging, positioning and people. I remembered all of them, even with my mom brain. I remembered all of them. Um, and so all of those are marketing, your people. Can't you see how that's marketing, right? If someone at the front desk is crabby to one of our leaguers, you know, coming into class, that's not good marketing. If the place, so that's like the actual physical building, or even if you have an online business, it's your website, it's your space, right? Um, what do people smell, see? We once had a client, um, say the toilet paper y'all have at the league is like the toilet paper I have in my house, you know? <laughs> She's like, y'all care. Like, it's not just like the cheap toilet paper, you know? So people notice, so that's marketing. She's like, I feel at home here. I, I, I like being here, you know? All of those little things matter. Um, your price matters, right? Because a lot of people think I'm just gonna be cheaper than everybody else, but I don't always wanna buy cheap, you know? Um, and, and everyone's different, but you know, even with shopping, like, like, <laughs> And I don't want you to think I'm bougie or anything, but like when I go into a place and there's like a rack and it's like all these clothes just pushed together and it's like the sale, that stresses me out. I can't, I can't go through all of them. It's just too much. I'd rather it be like, so, so I'm not always attracted to that, you know? So you have to think about that with your business. You don't always want to be the cheapest, um, but you want to make sure that, you know, again, you're serving your client and, and what does it say about what you offer? And your prices should go up over time, right? That's another thing. Um, so anyway, all of those, those seven Ps are part of marketing. So don't just think about social media. Don't just think about your logo on your website. It's a lot more. And I know anyone listening might think, oh my gosh, this is a lot of work. <laughs> and it's like, it is, you know? I wanna be honest, it is. Kind of like how you were saying green-eyed green -eyed soul. Mm -hmm. Green-eyed soul was saying like, I'm, I'm, I'm not afraid to work. Like. I like to be real about what it is. It is work, but if it's not just passion and it's purpose, you're going to be, you're going to be here for it. You know, um, you're going to be here for it. And you're going to, of course, balance it as best you can with self-care and getting sleep. And like you said, I worked until I couldn't work anymore. I thought, same thing last mm -hmm. night. I was on my laptop until I was literally falling asleep and I was like, Hey, it's time for me to go to bed, you know, but I put in what I could. And um, like, I guess it's just like this idea of like, you know, no one's going to come save you, you know, no one's going to come do it for you. You're not going to like win the lottery in business. Like it's going to be you putting your hand to the plow, you know, you doing the work that's going to make your dreams come true. It's not some magical potion. There's no get rich quick scheme, you know, there's no overnight success. You know, I, I love, I saw this years ago. It was a quote from a guy who, whose business had just taken off and it was like going viral and he was like, my overnight success took like 42,851 days. <laughs> like, Y'all are seeing this moment, but I've been working on this for a long time. 
And so like, are you really here for it? Are you, are you ready to put in work for a long time before you can see, you know, what you have in your mind, right? Yes. This is just so inspiring because I, I feel like, because we've been in business, well, actually, well, so feeling you've been in existence for four years. And it wasn't until this year, yeah, it's been a long time, but it wasn't until this year where we are like, okay, it, this wasn't, we're not where we want to be. Like it's working, it's helping people and stuff like that, that, but we put so much time into it. We need to monetize this. We need more people to hear it. And so we finally were like, okay, well, let's look at our numbers. Let's set goals, how much money we're going to make, how many listens do we get that to equate to you know, what our CPM is going to be. And so now we have goals and now we have, um, now we just are looking at the analytics and, and kind of taking it, uh, not kind of, we're taking it a step higher to get to where we need to be because, you know, it's our, it is our passion, but like you were saying, it's also our purpose, um, because it helps so many people. And I just want everyone who has their business to be able to turn that into, an actual business that can scale and grow. So we're just so thankful that you were over here dropping all these gems. I promise you, I'm gonna I'm gonna have fun editing this one because I'm gonna have time to write down my notes and, <laughs> and all of that good stuff. Well, I think this too. When it comes to you're like you know we've been serving all these people, and I find a lot of businesses are like, well, I'm just I want to serve, right? Well, think about all the people that y'all have impacted over the last four years and think about how much more you could do in terms of impact if you can sustain your business, right? So, you know, you, it's beautiful that we have hearts to serve and I'm all about thinking about your business that way. You're solving a problem, you're serving a specific type of group um, and, and, and bettering people's lives re for real. But in order to, to, to do that a year from now, in order to do that in a bigger way, it's going to take making money. It's going to take having systems, you know, and on and on. So um, sometimes there has to be a mindset shift around what it means to make money. A lot of clients are like scared to make money, you know, scared to charge too much. But it's like, it's not because you're greedy and you're going to go get a private jet. It's because you're, you're going to be able to hire people onto your team to help you so that you can keep this going and you're not burnt out, right? And your community will want that. I'll share a quick story. I had a, a, a young lady in a, in a consultation call and she was just saying how um, she, she has this community and she sent out a survey. It had been free for, for years. Um, and she sent out a survey to her whole community about now charging. And it was like gonna be $15 a month or something, not crazy. And she got you know, great response, but there was like a small group of people who were like, I can't believe you would charge, it's, you know, you're changing, like all this terrible stuff. And, and I was like, how many people was that out of the total number of people who responded? And she was like, it was like three people. But of course, that's the, that's what, you know, and it's like, you know what, they're not, you're not for everybody, right? Those three people, you can say, you know what, if I love you, I've served you for free for all these years. I'm glad, I hope that this has been helpful to you. But if you don't actually care about this thing continuing on and me being able to sustain it, then you don't have to be here and that's okay, right? And so she she was like <laughs> happy to hear me say that because it's like, it's freeing to know, yeah, not everyone needs to be in your community, right? And if you, if you have people in your community who just want free stuff from you all the time, then they're not gonna be a part of that growth, right? They don't really, they're not really here for the mission anyway, so. Like her. You hit everything spot 
on like you know everybody's like i want to be where the money resides where the money resides <laughs> you know <laughs> that is the whole theme for 2021 but it's like nobody has a plan nobody has a strategy and we were definitely at that place where we were like okay you know what it's not enough to be consistent to be driven to you know just be authentic and like you said wanting to serve people you have to understand how to have a to meet the ends to a mean you know how to bridge yeah. that gap to get to the things that you want yeah so thank you yes thank that's you. real and and i think what this has done for us is really and for even our soulmates that's here listening is the key thing is that strategy like this whole thing is is all about the strategies to how to get to where the money resides and one thing that really stood out to me was how it, it may take, I forget the, what, what was the nine to five to the business? What did you say it's going to take? Work, hard work, hard work, either way. How did you say it? I like the way you said it. Choose hard. Choose your hard. If you, you know, working a nine to five is hard. Being an entrepreneur is hard. Choose your heart. Which one? Which Choose struggle? your heart. Yes. Like, choose your heart. And then what I'm finding, though, is intelligent business owners they get to a place where they th that operations piece it becomes so automated automated like your email systems to the way that they your clients uh, your client management systems i think once you get you free up some of that time the hard becomes a little less hard and then you can focus your energy to do other things because that i think i believe and maybe you can correct me if i'm wrong that's the way you're able to have multiple businesses doing different things is because you are creating those automated operation systems in your business. So, I, yeah. Yes. I mean, we launched the league in 2013. We launched the second location in 2015. So like, you know, and then here we are in, in 2019, I'm launching a new business. I could have never launched Bird Williams if, if, if the league wasn't a well, well machine. We have like nine employees, you know, it, it, it runs on its own, right? I mean, there's things I do here and there. I probably spend 30 minutes a day um, with the things in the evening to kind of check, maybe like an hour on the weekend, kind of checking, <clears throat> doing timesheets and stuff like that. Yes. But it's a well-oiled machine. That's what you want, want your business to get to because that's where you become a serial entrepreneur. And even if you don't want to launch multiple businesses, that's when you get to like enjoy time with your family or pick up a hobby, you know? Yes. In the grind like that forever. You're, 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 you're strategically growing out of that um, so that you can enjoy your life and do other things. I choose to, to you know, keep starting businesses. I have a whole <laughs> phone. I love entrepreneurship. Yes. To just you know do some more yoga or whatever it might be <laughs> um, right i love that i love i love that you said that and just share that because that 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 in and of itself just was like that aha moment for me and i think me and tiff we was having a conversation a while ago and we were like how we wanted to do so many things and we we're like how is this gonna be possible if we're doing all of these things if we're the ones trying to be in in the grind and starting everything but like you said, just getting your business to become that machine where it's working for itself. Of course, you're not going to forget about it. You're still going to go and check on and check in on it and, you know, be involved where it need be, but you don't have to spend the bulk of your time. And I just think, oh, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I'll tell you when you do hire someone on like a virtual assistant, you know, it's, it's a leap of faith. It's scary. You're having to pay them. 
But first of all, they're taking things off your plate. Second of all, they're making you make your systems better because like, for example, with my launch, I just did, I had a digital marketing assistant. I was having to send her like loom video recordings of my screen to how to do this and how to do this, you know, because it was just easier. So now I have that set up forever right you know what I mean so it, it makes you do better and it makes you more motivated because now you're like I have to pay this person every month you know I got to get on it right and it, 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 it again becomes bigger than you um so it, it makes you better right though it stretches you it's scary but it makes you better in the long run and then you're able to really hone in have time and mental space for the parts of the business that you're you're specifically good at your core competencies in the business just grows and it grows and it grows so that's that's the strategy around that for sure. I definitely have a question. Um, you hit on, you talked about, you know, followers and 10% of our followers being, you know, only the people who kind of pay attention. And that's something we've been struggling with. Like, do we focus, like what to focus on? What's really important? Because, mm-hmm. and I'll give you a little background. Like, do we focus on the people who are listening and, you know, building content for them so that they can continue to listen? Do we want to try to gain more listeners? Um, thinking about like a, with the, the league, are you trying to target people who are healthy or are you trying to transform people who are not healthy to being healthy? You know, like, what do we focus on? The people who are, where the numbers are strong or where we're trying to improve? That's a good question. So you always want to make sure you're serving the people who are already in your audience, right? And that's what you're already doing through your episodes and you know your social media. I love your social media. Um, it's so pretty. <laughs> and, Positive. Yeah. And, um, and so you want to continue to serve, but you're always also wanting to grow your reach, right? Yeah. Um, so for example, like getting into different audiences, for example. So like, I don't know if y'all, y'all guest speakers on other podcasts or doing speaking engagements because you can only, it's like you're serving the same people, right? You want to, you want to get some other people in. So I found that, and I'm, I'm an introvert. So <laughs> this is all very hard for me, even having to be the face of my brand, is like the most, I get tired of seeing my face everywhere. But um, I find that I like to speak. I like I like this better than like the stage. But I find that when more speaking engagements I have now, I'm accessing a different audience pool who'll get brought into. So that's one way to be strategic about your growth is not just continue. You want to of course serve the people who are here. That's that's like you know you love the people who are in your audience. Um, but again, to con- if you believe that what you have to offer is helping people, you want to help more people. And so you're going to think strategically about, for sure, you know, ways to get outside of that. Guess speaking, speaking on different podcasts. Um, it's hard now because of COVID, but, you know, events and, you know, but when we can do that again, like it's huge, right? To just be in front of different people. So that's huge. Yeah. I love that because I think it kind of goes back to our analytics as well, because now that we have goals set out, it's just like, so we have like, we want to reach this number of listens and then this month, this month, and this month. But you realize with these goals, you can't do the same thing. So now that's like one of our things like, okay, if we want to reach this goal, we're probably going to have to be a guest on other people's podcasts. We're going to have guests on, you know, things of that nature. And so that's why I think it's very important to look at your analytics, have goals, because it makes you come up with another strategy to like reach that goal and to see what's working and what's not. Um, But... mm -hmm open to different monetization strategies and trying things out 
I think a lot of people are afraid to fail. I, I think one of the biggest, and I'm trying to make myself, I'm not trying to talk about myself, but one of the things I think has caused me to be successful is I'm not afraid to fail. You know, I'm not at all, you know, I'll try something. If it doesn't work, it's like, well, it didn't work, but I'll, I'll try it a different way, you know? So, you know, thinking about ways that, you know, even your business could bring in money, sponsorships, um, of course, like even merch, you know, like in, in, in like, what if you try merch and like, it doesn't work? Well, it didn't work. And then, then you try something else. Right. Um, even with my podcast. So my podcast isn't, I'm not, I'm not really focused on monetization so much, at least not right now, just because it's really like my marketing machine. I'm really trying to find ways to get my podcast on more platforms and like repurpose the content. That's something else you could do, like repurposing the content in different platforms. Um, like, like for example, and I'll just, you know, here we go. Um, I'm having my digital marketing assistant transcribe the audio from all of my podcasts going back and then taking that and making an article on like medium or share Skillshare, you know, these different, cause like you have all the, you have 200 episodes of great content. Like it's just sitting there and you know, like what can you do to repurpose that content and put it on other platforms, you know? So that's one thing. Oh, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> Oh man. Well, that's one thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, you were giving us a gym. Monetization. That's what I was going to say. I'm not focused there, but I have, like, if I'm doing an episode on bookkeeping, payroll and taxes, which I did a two-part series on, I went to my accountant who I've known for like five years now. And I'm like, Hey, I'll be, do you want to pay me some money to be, to be, you know, there was no strategy. Like there was no like, you know, presentation. I was just like, Hey, you know, so like just getting scrappy and being like, do you want, if, if this is your audience, these people who listen to this podcast might, might buy your services. Will you pay me a few hundred dollars to, you know? And, and then the next time I did it, I doubled it. I doubled it. And he said, yes. <laughs> I think a lot of times people are surprised that people just say yes, you know, um, to sponsor. Like I just went through a launch of my program, prove it plan. If someone would have reached out to me and, and that was my audience, people who wanted to be entrepreneurs are like, do you want to pay a couple hundred dollars to be, have a, I was like, yeah, you know? So just kind of getting scrappy and like, you know, do what you got to do. Oh my gosh. You are, I'm just so grateful for you because God knew exactly what we needed to hear because I think for so like you, when you said, you don't, you didn't even have a presentation and even though that's nice to have and all that stuff, sometimes it's just as simple as asking, <laughs> hey, or knowing or just connecting the dots. And I think what has, um, we're, we're going to do an episode, well, I hope we can do an episode soon, like on a failure to, like failure to launch is because you're stuck in all the, the details um, mm -hmm. and you're stuck on that. So you're never moving forward on whatever you actually need to do. And I'm just so thankful that you, you talked about being okay with failing. This is something I'm learning now because I work for um, I work for a course creator or a program person. But though she does everything that you were saying, like the foundation, the core values, those are core values. And when I got hired, they're like integrity. You know, all our core values. Every meeting we have, we go over them. So I'm very like I have to do <laughs> what they like is stuck in my head. But also, my manager always tells me like. Oh, it's okay. Oh, this didn't work. We tried that. It, it, we tested it out. We failed. It it worked or it didn't work. We move on to the next thing. And, and it's just like, what? Because I feel like growing up, I don't want to say growing up, but it's just the world that we're in. It's always like failing has been, we've been trained that failing is bad. You get bad grades. Oh no, like you're bad. <laughs> like, why aren't you giving all A's? But now like I was talking to my mom about this. My brother is a 
he's been an entrepreneur for years in the past couple of years finally like blown blown up and um, and i was saying uh, Jeremy wasn't making all the good grades like that you gotta realize you realize that stuff like I think it's great I made good grades but um my mom's like yeah this Jeremy was definitely the unexpected one and um but I say all that to say it's like we get so scared to fail but not realizing like you fail but you get back up you know you you fail but you keep going you know I feel like we need to teach our kids and whoever's listening like okay, you fall, but get back up again, like Daddy Birkin said, you know? <laughs> you fail, but you learn. You learn. That's what people forget. Like, you learn when you fail. So if I, and I, I fail so much. Like, if I fail, I'm like, oh, they didn't like this. Oh, this didn't resonate with them. Oh, they don't even need that at all. Like, you know, like you start to say, okay, well, as opposed to just, and then I can make something better because of what I learned from my fail. So is it even really a failure, right? But yeah, embracing failure is, is, is huge. I mean, and it doesn't have to be perfect either. Like how I was talking about with emailing Albie, my CPA about being on the podcast. I have a relationship with him. So it was just like, I'm just gonna send him his like real nice email. <laughs> like if this was a thing that I was doing for my podcast, when I get to the point of monetization, I'll have like a whole, you know, PDF. But it doesn't have to be perfect to start, right? And, and, and again, you'll learn when you actually start, what is perfect? What is the best way to do it? You know, mm -hmm. it'll take someone, you going out to someone to, for a brand partnership or a, a sponsorship and them saying no. And then you maybe saying, you know, what, what was, what was it that made you not want to do it or whatever, getting feedback or a survey or whatever, and then telling you for you to then be like, okay. And so then you go to the next person and you don't do that or you do something better. Right. So you learn by starting, you know, <laughs> Um, and, and a lot of people are just so afraid to, I guess, I guess it's the, the, the shame or fear around what, it, what happens if I don't do it perfectly. And it's like, look, none of us know what we're doing perfectly, right? Like no, no one, no one has all the answers. I don't have all the answers. I'm just trying things and learning and that's how I'm getting better. Right. 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 That's oh, good. that's so good. That's so good. <laughs> Y'all go out there and fail forward. Yes. Fall, fail, fall <laughs> Fail forward, y'all. Like, cause literally, it's like, like this, like uh, Big Sean says in the song, in the song, turn all my ills into lessons. Like, they're just life lessons that we're learning. And like Tiff said, we, like, just from standard program programming, like upbringings, like being reprimanded when you do something um, that's considered a failure or that's not the best work or produce the best. You, you can't. It just. You just, we have to uproot all that. We just got to uproot all that old thinking, that that old dialogue that we tell ourselves that is, if you fail, that's bad. That means quit. That means don't do that ever, which is most like a hundred times out of a hundred is not the case if you want to be successful in business. Um, you have to fail. And like you said, you make those adjustments and then move forward with those adjustments. So I'm just, I'm just so glad you came, Ashley. You really, like, I didn't even have to ask none of my questions because you answered all of the questions. So, like, thank you just for being uh, amazing and just shining light and knowledge and giving us all the gems. Oh, well, thank you. I do you. have one more question. Jazz hit on life lessons. And, you know, we are women who have full-time jobs. I'm a new mom. Like, what are some strategies for work-life balance? 
That's a great question. You're working like well, anything that has worked for you, because like you know, you said you're married, you have kids, you know, you had several businesses. Like you know, what are some key tools that you or tips you can give us to balance everything? Yeah, first I'll say it's kind of reframing it from balance to harmony or rhythm, because balance in my mind is like. I'm perfectly balanced, right? On this, and that's never gonna happen. <laughs> At least not in my experience. No, that's real. I like that. It's kind of like a dance, right? It's kind of like sometimes I'm tripping, I'm falling, but I give, you know, it's like this like in and out. Um, two things I'll say. One practical thing is just boundaries and blocking my schedule. So I block my schedule. I wish I could show y'all, but there's like these literal blocks of times that I do certain things. For example, at six o'clock, I'm done working and it's family time, right? Um, there are days, like two days a week where I have to work after I put the boys down, but there's blocks time for that. And, and I'm really intentional about my schedule. So um, I, I look at my schedule. I used to do it on Sundays, but y'all, I'm trying to take a Sabbath for real because God told us to take a Sabbath and I'm like, I have not. And it's real. So I, I try to like do nothing on Sunday. Very, very hard for me. <laughs> like I'm still not, not, it's like, can I clean though? Or can I, <laughs> but um, now I do it on Saturdays. I plan my week and I look at the entire week and I do this schedule blocking and move things around so that everything kind of has its place. So I can make sure that like my husband and I, my husband and I, we have date night. Um, we even have time where we do our quiet time together on Friday mornings, you know, so that's our time. You know, I have time with my, my kids. I have time in the business and I have multiple businesses. So it's literally color coded, right? <laughs> Green for the league, red for, for Williams and on and on. So um, that's something um, as well. But I also think there's this other element of giving yourself grace. So understanding that even though I block my schedule and try to have boundaries, there's, it's not going to always work out perfectly. And I heard this said, and I'm, hope, I'm hoping I don't butcher it. But this woman said that you have to understand that there are glass uh, balls and plastic balls that you're juggling. And it's not like three or four balls, as you know, as a mom and all this, you know, there's like 67 balls that you're trying to juggle, right? And some are glass and some are plastic. And you have to identify which is which. Because there are times that we take what is a plastic ball and make it like it's a glass ball. If this plastic ball drops, it's not going to be the end of the world, right? If I can't be there to pick up my kid from school, because... It's funny, but me and my husband like pick up our kids together. Um, I only realized recently, like there's only ever one other parent when they pick up the kids, but we get that excited about picking up our kids and we go together. But there are times that, you know, I can't make it. And it's, it doesn't happen a lot, but I used to beat myself up. I could not be there to pick up the boys from school. And they, they don't mind, they're not worried that I ask them where I am, you know, they're gonna see me when they get home. It's just 15 extra minutes that I have to finish something up or whatever. That is a plastic ball. It's okay if it gets dropped. Now it's not okay if I'm, you know, at the dinner table on my laptop, or at least for me, that's, you know, just a personal value of mine or on my phone, all the, like during the whole evening while I'm trying to be with my kids. So I didn't, and then it's the same in your business too, right? And your work, there are things that it's not going to be the end of the world if you drop the ball. Basically it's understanding that balls will be dropped, but don't drop the, the glass ones, drop the plot, be okay with dropping the plastic ones, give yourself grace when that, when that has to happen. So I think moms need to hear that, especially because there's a lot of guilt around um, mommy and trying to have a full-time job and a business on the side. It's a lot. Um, and I even had, you know, other moms kind of like guilt me, but like, I'm kind of really hard to offend. So it doesn't, it doesn't really get to me, 
but you know, oh my gosh, your parents have your kids so much. Like right now they're with my mom. My mom, this, these are her first grandkids. I have a younger sister. So she is here for it and she's retired. So she's like, and she's like, it's COVID. I have nothing, literally nothing to do. So she has them two weekends out of the month from like Friday to Sunday. And, you know, moms will say, oh my gosh, your kids are always with your, you know, do you, do you think you're bonding with them enough? I'm like, yeah, we're definitely bonding enough. You know what I mean? So there's, there's all this kind of going on and you have to be okay with like where you are. It's a season. It won't be like this forever. Um, but, you know, just kind of understanding those balls in your life and what you can drop and what can't be dropped and, and what matters most. Ooh. You, <laughs> you are right? so good. <laughs> yeah, all of it, all of it. I I would ask you a million more questions, um, but I really want people to know how they can get in touch with you. Um, if they do have a business, how they can hire you. Um, if there's any um, things, anything you want to say, because honestly, you, I just I, like soulmates. I just need y'all. If y'all need her services, please. Because obviously she knows what she's talking about. <laughs> yes. yes. Go, go book Bird Williams. Yes. Yes. Um, my website is birdwilliams.com. If you're thinking about launching a business or if you have and you might have like missed some steps, I have a, a free guide. It's called Ready, Set, Launch. It's the first 10 steps to launching your business. And you can go to launch.birdwilliams.com to get that for free. Um, and I have a podcast. It's, it's, I have like 61 episodes, so I'm not quite on y'all's level. Y'all are hashtag gold. I love it so much. Um, and so I have episodes from how to, you know, raise funding for your business. I have episodes on business plans, how to intentionally launch your business, what it looks like to sign a commercial lease. I mean, it's, it's everything I've learned over the last seven years. So that's bird means business podcast. And it's on Apple podcasts, Spotify, it's on some others, iHeartRadio, um, but you could also listen to my website too, birdwilliams.com slash podcast. So um, hopefully that's helpful. Yes. All right, ladies. Yes. All right, y'all. Thank you so much again, Bird Williams. I mean, Ashley Williams. <laughs> well, Bird, Ashley, thank you, Wait, Ashley, <laughs> why, why, what's, where does the bird come from in Bird Williams? Okay, yes. That's yes. a good question too. <laughs> it's funny so my husband started calling me bird whenever he heard my dad call my mom bird my, my dad's always called my mom bird because she ate like a bird when they were dating she ate like a bird so terry started calling me bird and then when it came time for me to launch this business ashley williams is a very common name and before i was i'm used to having a very common name so i was like how can i kind of differentiate myself he came up with bird williams so that's when it's business stuff, I go by bird. <laughs> okay, I love that. Oh, that's so sweet. I love the backstory. All righty. Thank y'all for having me. I'm so proud of what you built. This is not, this is a big deal. It's a big deal that you've sustained something for four years, that you've got, you've had so many incredible episodes, that you've built such an amazing community of people who are really leaning in and um, it's, it's not small, it's big. And so I'm proud of you. And I know it's a lot of work. We talked about this before we started, you know, airing, which is, it's a labor of love. It's a lot of work and, and you've done it for so long and so consistently. So I just, I, I, I honor you in that. And I'm, I'm just so proud and inspired by y'all. Oh, thank you so much. For <laughs> thank you. The inspiration is mutual. It's just, okay. the <laughs> it she is in gyms. I'll be in her story. Like, 
Like, you know how you binge watch TVs? I'm about to go binge listen to podcasts. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. Yes. Alrighty, guys. What time is it? It's affirmation time. It's affirmation time. It's affirmation time. Y'all, if this is your first time tuning in on the Soul Feeling Podcast, we always, 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 always end our podcast with a positive affirmation. So what the heck is an affirmation? An affirmation is any statement that you are using to transform your life. Either you're transforming your life for the good or you're transforming your life for the demise. Even in the Bible, it states, let the weak say, keyword guys, say, it says, let the weak say, I am strong. So on those days when you're feeling down and out, sick and tired over everything, don't affirm that over your life. Instead, speak uplifting, positive transformational things like you always get through this you're an overcomer i'm getting better and better every day in every way or anything positive that you want to say so it is four of us today and i'm affirming that there are millions billions trillions generations to come out here tuned in and we're gonna go ahead and end this thing off with our positive affirmations so who wants to go first i could go okay. i am i am built like I am growing, scaling, and monetizing all my businesses strategically and with ease. Ooh, yes. I second that. <laughs> um, I am developing powerful business strategies that allow me to grow and leave my mark on the universe in the most divine way. <laughs> I am flowing with harmony. I love that. I am connecting with entrepreneurs in a deep and powerful way that helps them feel seen and empowered. That's Ooh. good. I love okay. it. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. Yes. Actually, tell them one more time where they can find you. Go to birdwilliams.com. Awesome. And you can find Soul Feeling Podcast on every streaming platform. We're on YouTube if you want if you want to see our faces, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, Apple Podcasts. And if you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts, make sure you give us a five-star rating and write something soulful and sweet so we can keep going on up and up on the ranking. We love you so much. We will talk to you later. Until next time, soulmates. Bye. We love y'all. Love you.